We were actually supposed to. I apologize, firstly. I'm probably going to cough, which is why I pulled the mom card, and I was like, I am the mother of your children. You will preach with me this morning. Hi. So <laughs> Cody was not <laughs> supposed to, and then li- late last night, I was like, here you morning. go. Yes, there you go. This morning was actually supposed to be the last sermon in our series called Victorious, and we were supposed to be going after the spirit of offense. And then when I figured out it was Mother's Day, I was like, Maybe that would be offensive if we were to. <laughs> hey, happy Mother's Day. Let's go after the spirit of offense, okay? We'll walk away with um, the spirit of offense. <laughs> yes. So instead, we decided to kind of shift things a little bit. Um, I just want to encourage you really quickly, just with a little bit of the legacy of my mother. Say yes. Say yes when he calls you. <laughs> you just said yes to me, so say yes to him. <laughs> When he tells you, even if it sounds like the most bizarre thing, even if you wake up in the middle of the night and you go, I don't, was that a dream? Was that, you know, did I just have, like my dad used to say, did I just have bad pizza last night? Like, what was that? Say yes. When he puts something on your heart, say yes. You never know. You never know the impact. You never know what might happen. I'm just looking around at the things that are even happening this week. We have had, like, the craziest every day. There's, like, something new launching. And (coughs) I'm just blown away that when you will say yes to Jesus, you will find yourself in the most radically incredible life. Not always easy, (laughs) but radically incredible, life-changing, world-changing. So today, um, I just really wanted to to speak about the third person of the Trinity, (laughs) And I call the Holy Spirit the third person of the Trinity because often we can kind of like understand God the Father. We understand Jesus our Savior. But I know for us it wasn't until far into our relationship with God that we finally started to explore and understand the person of the Holy Spirit. And we actually have come to believe, and I don't want anyone to get freaked out. Don't get offended. You're going to have to deal with that next week if you do. Um, Don't get offended. But I actually believe, and we're going to give you biblical reason why we actually believe that the Holy Spirit represents mother. The Holy Spirit represents the mother qualities, female qualities. We have a biblical foundation for that, but I just want to encourage all of you that if you've ever kind of wondered in your relationship with the Holy Spirit, your experiences, your relationship with your earthly mother probably impacts a lot about how you see God as Holy Spirit. And (coughs) I think it is so important that we have a really accurate view of all three persons of the Trinity. We spoke about this a little bit last year, but I I really want to go a little bit deeper. But I also know that Mother's Day can come with a whole mix of emotions. For some of you, you sit with gratitude and joy, and you're just so blessed and blessed to maybe be a mother or blessed to have an amazing mother. And I pray that today, as you get to hear more about our Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that God gives us to live inside of us, that you will just be even more grateful, that you will be, have even more of an understanding. But I know for some of us, Mother's Day and the mention of mother comes with a lot of pain or maybe regret. Maybe your mother didn't quite show up to you, for you, in the way that you needed. 
Maybe there's a lot of pain surrounding that. Or maybe, I know for some of you in the room, you have wanted a child and, and something happened, you lost a child, or you just haven't had that child yet. And so I know there can be a lot of pain, and I, and I want to tell you today that I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to bring healing to you. You know, Cody was in worship talking about how this side of heaven, in this life, right now, is the only time that we can bring an offering of pain. Because when we're in eternity, there's only joy. <laughs> there's only good. There's no more pain. And I just heard God say, I am not the author of pain, but I am the healer of it. He is not the author of any pain in your life. Only good and pleasing gifts come from above. But he is the healer of your pain. So some of us have pain and regret when it comes to our mothers. And some of us have sadness or loss, like I already mentioned. Um, my mom passed away two years ago. And while this day brings a whole lot of joy um, in a lot of ways and a lot of great memories, it also brings a lot of pain. And so today I pray that God will give you that healing that you need, or that you'll be able to release a new kind of forgiveness. But whatever your experience is, I really truly believe that God is wanting to reveal to us each something new about who he is, about the Holy Spirit. And I, it was funny, I was feeling that sense of anticipation. How many of you guys like really felt him in the room, especially during worship, right? <coughs> and I felt him saying to me, hey, I have something for you too. And I just started, started to sense his presence. And I just want to encourage you, no matter where you're at today, he has something for you. That's so good. No, I was actually really excited to be here up here because um, God's been really taking me through some, some pretty awesome things. Um, firstly, could we just appreciate the moms in the room? Could you stand up, moms? Stand up. We want to honor you. That's right, yep. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for what you do. Thank you for the courage. Thank you for the sacrifice. Um, God's really, like, been revealing some stuff to me that's really, I, I don't even know how to, how to say it, but, like, we have four kids, and I watched as Tersha became a mother, and, like, there was even this joke last night at the Love documentary. Um, we had all this whole setup or whatever, and we're carrying the stuff out, and a hand, I think I saw Braden in here. Hey, buddy. Hey. And uh, he hands Tersha, I, I hand him this thing to carry, <clears throat> and then he goes to hand it to Tersha, and he's like, well, you're not carrying anything. And then in typical dad fashion, I'm like, she carried you for nine months. But then I thought about it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, she did. She carried this little peanut for nine months that grew into this big watermelon thing. And then, <laughs> like, and then the whole birth process, I mean, men could not handle that. I'm, just, I'm sorry. Like, I don't, I don't know if they could. And then after that, they're, like, as a mother, you're exhausted. You've just been through this, like, crazy, crazy experience where this baby is completely dependent on you this preborn baby, and then this baby's born, and then they're dependent on you for however, I mean, hopefully only till like 18, right? <laughs> or less. I don't know. But just thinking about that, being a mother is probably the hardest job in the world. The hardest job in the world. So I just want to honor the mothers in the room. I think that there is something on, on mothers 
during this, like, we're, we're in revival right now. Like, God is bringing just change. He's bringing revival. And we've been going to different conferences and things like that. And there's a common theme of women, like, like an Esther anointing on women to stand up for our children because, guys, the devil's coming after our kids. I'm not coming up here like, be afraid, blah, blah, blah. But it's true. Like, the devil goes for the vulnerable and the innocent, Right? And the devil's after our kids, and there's, there's women who have been held down for so long, and it's time for the women to stand up. And they were talking about, like, they brought all the, the, the mama bears up on the stage and prayed for them and released this Esther anointing. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, and these women roared. And I think for so long in the church, women have been held down because of bad doctrine, and for so long we've been missing half of the body of Christ. We went to this um, this pro-life luncheon thing the other day, and which I'm really excited to share with you guys when we actually get to it. We're going to get involved with these people. They're doing some amazing work. They're actually going to abortion clinics, and they're sitting on the sidewalk for people coming up, not to be like, oh, yell in their face, but actually, hey, can we have a conversation? Can I love on you? And it's it's amazing praying for these, these young, like many times they're teenage girls who are just scared. They don't know what to do, and they're running from the church. Right, and they're they're actually coming up next to these girls and walking with them, praying for them. And we got to see the most amazing thing: this young girl who actually walked up to to these these two women on the street, and they just offered just to pray for them and love on love pray for her and love on this girl. And she decided to go through with her pregnancy and and brought this beautiful little baby. Just having this the the courage the courage to do that. And I just want to speak to that too. If you if you've had an abortion in this room, there's healing for you, and there's no condemnation in Christ. Yep. So if, you ha- if you're carrying shame, we talked about shame the other day. If you're carrying shame for that, it's time to release it. It's time to release it. Yeah, yeah I just feel like there's really something, too, on um, <clears throat> just Cody was talking about, like, women and, and standing up. And I want to say also, I, th- I believe there's many of you who maybe have not have children of your own, but you're still called to be mother. You're still called to raise up a generation. You're still called to, um, to, to look out at those around you and go, the world so often leaves people unseen and abandoned, but I see you and I love you. And I believe for men, I mean, there's something so on this as well that, that as we allow Holy Spirit into our lives, we get a peace of God that is so vital. The word, one of the words, there's a few words for Holy Spirit in the, word, um, in the Bible, but the, the first Hebrew word is ruach. And it's, it's actually, um, it means the breath. It means the wind. In, in Genesis Right there, it says, so, so that word actually means breath, wind of heaven, breath of air. And I just love that because how many of you guys have experienced a really good mother and they're like a, a breath of air, <laughs> breath of fresh air, right? And so th- this word, though, I find so fascinating in the Hebrew actually has, it's a feminine noun. And it's used in, um, in Genesis where it talks about the Holy Spirit coming and hovering. We're going to look at that verse in just a few minutes. But this like whole... Hover. Mom's like mom's hover. I stole my joke. Sorry. No, it's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> um, <coughs> but I, I love that. I actually, I want to tell you guys a little story the other night. Um, so we had the, the Oaks premiere last night. And on Friday night, I went onto the Love uh, website. 
And I was like, oh man, this is super outdated. And so I started just doing a few little updates. And um, it was, I don't know, it was like after the kids went to bed on Friday night. And I start doing a few updates and, and they've got some cool new tools. So I'm like messing with these tools and just trying to update just a couple things. And suddenly there, there's this new template and I accidentally hit the button that says, go live with new template. And what ended up happening is all of a sudden, the love website that has been like made over many years suddenly becomes this new template. And have you guys ever seen like a new, where they have a template and it's like, you know, here's your bio. And then it just has a bunch of gibberish under, underneath it. So my entire website becomes that. Every single page. And I'm like, we are doing this premiere tomorrow. Oaks Christian. We want people to go to the website. We're encouraged. And I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and so I start remaking the website on Friday night. <coughs> and thankfully, I figured out that, that the old website was still there. It was just hidden, and I couldn't bring it back, but I could go and copy pieces of it. But what I ended up doing, and it, it took me all night, and I went and I, I took the old things that were written, but I knew that it was so outdated. And so I was able to go in and grab the pieces that were still meant to be there and then rewrite the new things. And I actually believe that today Holy Spirit wants to come in and go live with a new template with you. He wants to take the old things. He wants to take the things that have, that have gotten dry and stale and are dead in your life. And he wants to let those go. But he wants to bring in the new things. He wants to rewrite some of your story as you learn to understand him more. He wants to refresh and restore and inspire you with the truth of who he is. I was talking about Genesis 1, and I want to read it to you. Genesis 1, verse 2. So this is the second sentence in the entire Bible. And it says this, The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God, the Ruha, was, was hovering over the surface of the waters. I just love that. A beautiful picture and I think it's a beautiful picture of how God, as, as our mother in a sense, Holy Spirit comes in and hovers over the darkness, hovers over the void, the emptiness, and then suddenly brings life. Then in verses 26 and 27, it says, after God's created with just his words, he's created the entire universe. And it says, and then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. I love that. It's, it's saying that as he created Adam and Eve, he creates them in their image. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you look at that picture and you go immediately as Adam and Eve are created, God establishes this family unit. Father, mother, child. And you recognize that as he says that he's actually creating us in his image, that actually we represent God together as family. 
And I'm talking biological family, but I'm also talking church family. He established the church as his family. And it's only together that we can actually image God in all of his fullness. It's only together that we can actually represent God fully. Now, can each of us individually go and represent him with our lives? Absolutely. But it's only together that we can represent the fullness of who he is and what he offers. So good. So when, uh, you know, in Genesis 1, when it talks about God made, um, made them male and female, he takes a deeper dive in Genesis 2 into the actual creation of Adam. It says, Then the Lord formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Then it goes on in verse 18, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Who else is called helper in the Bible? Holy Spirit, yeah, interesting. You know, it's, it seems like uh, helper is like a lesser term, right? You're just my helper, you know, just on the side. and Like, whatever I need, you're my servant. No, it's like helper is like someone who's, who's there and actually carries burdens, someone who's actually there. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord took out one of the, one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. So get so here, here's where we're at. God creates Adam. Adam's created in the full likeness of God, right? Adam embodies all the attributes of God, right? So then he says, but Adam's alone. Because you see, like in the beginning, like for all time, like God, God's outside space and time. He's not created. He's always existed. Father, Son, Holy Spirit in perfect relationship. You always ask the question, why the Trinity? But maybe that's because there's a value for relationship, yeah. right? Right from the beginning. So God, He creates Adam, but the the animals are not are not suitable for Him for relationship. Imagine trying to talk to an animal. I don't know if they could talk back or whatever. It was like you know He's trying to chat with them or whatever. I don't know. But anyways, like He's alone. He's got no one. He doesn't have any relationships. So God God puts him in a deep sleep and pulls the rib out and creates a woman. So he actually takes a piece of him. Adam is made in the fullness of God, and he takes a piece of Adam out, and he creates the woman, right? Both image bearers, but different, different aspects of God. So it's interesting when, when, um, when we come together, man and woman, one flesh, there's another full picture of God, right? You always wonder why, like, you know, why it's best for children to grow up with their parents is because you, they get the full range, right? They get the full picture, hopefully. But we're, we're falling and we mess up sometimes and, you know, my kids are going to need therapy. Um, so we do our best. So <laughs> we need each other. I just want to speak to that really quick too. Mm-hmm. Not everyone gets that. But Holy Spirit. But he comes in, and he gets to fill the gaps. And he gets to bring healing, and he gets to bring other family around. So I just want to encourage you that if that piece is painful, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to look at some attributes of the Holy Spirit, because like Tertius said at the beginning, it's not Father, Son, and Holy Bible. It's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um. So here's some aspect, here's some attributes of the Holy Spirit. 
He guides us. He says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. So, the word he, it, it's, it could be he or she, it's feminine in Hebrew. But even, even when the translations, it's, it's more feminine. And, we're not, and we don't need to get legalistic with all this stuff. We're, here's, here's a little disclaimer. We're not saying God is a woman. That's not what we're saying. Before anyone's like, heresy, that church is heretical. Um, that's not what we're saying. All we're saying is there are attributes of female in the Holy Spirit. Because they're, they're, all, they're all God, they're all, but they're all separate, and they all have their own attributes. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's interesting, too, is a lot of people, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, can get a little freaked out. Anybody? I know I can't, like, sometimes I'm like, all right, God, we'll do whatever you want to do. And I'm like, oh, do I really mean that? Because, like, sometimes it gets crazy, right? But actually in that scripture that Cody just read, where did it go? Um, it, it says, he will guide you into all truth. Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. So we don't actually have to fear. We don't actually have to fear what the Holy Spirit is going to do because he will guide us into all truth. And what we want is truth because truth sets us free, right? And so we don't actually have to be afraid of that. John 14, 26 says, But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I have told you. So right there, Holy Spirit is actually called our advocate. He's called the one who speaks up for us. An advocate is somebody who actually stands up and speaks out for something or someone they believe in and wants to support. So Holy Spirit is actually called our advocate because he's going, I believe in you. I will speak up for you. I will defend you. I actually believe better things about you than you do. That's probably really true for all of us, even more true for some of us. He is inside of us going, do you even know who you are? Like, do you even know who God created you to be? Because half the time we spend our thoughts on what we're not. But the Holy Spirit is our advocate, our as, as a representative for us. Standing up, going, I believe in you. I defend you. My mom used to get super upset if anyone hurt me. I had to kind of be careful if ever my friends hurt me because I was like, oh, she will, she will do something about it, right? <laughs> and that's a good mother is like the one who goes, hey, I will stand up for you. I will speak out for you. And then it says, and he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Like Cody said, it's actually fascinating. I actually went back into the original of each of these scriptures that we read. And every time it says he, when you actually look at the word he, it says he or she. And so we got to remember that, 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 that this could mean, like just in the scriptures, it'll often, mankind doesn't mean only men, Right? And so we have to remember that these are the attributes of men and women. And the Holy Spirit is bringing us something. And so the Holy Spirit actually teaches us. 
everything that Jesus shared that we didn't get to hear with our own physical ears. But the Holy Spirit now, 2,000 years later, can teach us everything that Jesus spoke out. Every truth, right? Jesus is called the truth. And that truth is something that the Holy Spirit within us can teach us and remind us. I cannot emphasize enough how much we need to walk in step with the Spirit. I want to beg you, if you are living a life where you come to church on Sundays and you maybe sometimes pray to God and kind of bring him into some parts of your life, but you are not walking in step moment by moment with the Spirit, you are missing out on all that is offered to you as believer. Is it really hot in here? Can we turn the, I'm seeing a lot of fans and I'm really hot. So if we can turn the air on, that'd be great. Um, Spirit, yeah, amen. Let's bring it. The heat, the fire of Pentecost. Let's go. We'll say that's what it is. But really, we just need the air conditioner and also the Holy Spirit. I cannot emphasize enough how much we need to walk in step with the Spirit. This radically changed our lives. I, I will speak about this probably every week <laughs> that I ever get an opportunity to. I, I got to the point in my life where as I read the word, I went, this is not this. I'm seeing the miracles. I'm seeing the God who, who calls down fire. <laughs> I'm seeing the God who heals the blind and raises the dead. And I am going, I'm bored. And, and it was only then that I went, God, there has to be more. There has to be more. I know we're 2,000 years, several thousand years after some of this, 2,000 years after Jesus, but I know that you did not come to set something in motion that was only for that generation. And so I said, God, what, what is it that I'm missing? And this is what I was missing. The Holy Spirit was living inside of me, but I was not letting him fill me up. I was not letting him actually lead me day by day. I was not allowing him to speak to me. In fact, I believed I couldn't hear God. And I want to beg and encourage you, if you are at all bored, if you are at all feeling dead spiritually, if you are at all feeling like, gosh, why are these people so crazy and passionate? Like, whatever, this is weird. Like, any of that, just step in. Step in. God did not just create a whole bunch of us who can just kind of like ants go about and do our work until we die and go to heaven. He created us to transform this world. And the only way we can do that is when we allow him to come and live inside of us and take us step by step. Allow him to teach us. Ephesians 3.16 says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Holy Spirit gives us strength. He empowers us. From his glorious unlimited resources. We have not just heaven's resources, but the king of heaven's resources at our fingertips. And right here, Paul is writing that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he would empower us and, and give us inner strength. If you need strength, if you need boldness, and if you need encouragement, that is what the Holy Spirit can bring. We have just been blown away <coughs> lately as I've just been watching. 
I've been, and been watching as people will come up for prayer, sometimes on a Sunday, um, sometimes in our midweek, sometimes just randomly when we're here at the church. And every time somebody needs prayer, it's like it used to be it's like, oh, somebody needs prayer. Okay, shoot, who will do it? Who will pray for that person? And then one person might go and do it, you know? But now it's like people, f- like you can't, you see somebody being prayed for and there's like suddenly you open your eyes and there's like 12 people like, let's go. Everybody's got a word from God. Like everyone's like, God, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Let's speak this out. Let's strengthen this person. And I have been so excited as I've watched people who've gotten prayed for and they don't just walk away going, well, that was nice. Thanks. They walk away going, whoa, I feel different. They walk away, whoa, something changed. <coughs> Yesterday we had a, um, a leadership thing in the morning, and afterwards Marshall asked for prayer. And same thing, all of a sudden, like, everyone's surrounding him. And Marshall had gotten, I asked his permission to, to share this, but he had come home this week. Um, he was up north, and he was supposed to actually go on a hunting trip, but he ended up getting this massively severe pain in his back and nerves, and it was literally crippling, and he had to cancel his hunting trip, and he could barely walk. He couldn't bend over. Um, tons of pain, and he was, like, researching what could this be, and, and just a lot of pain, and so yesterday, we're praying. We're praying for a bunch of things, but we prayed for healing, and afterwards, I was like, how's your back? And he's like, I can't even believe I'm saying this. Like, it, the pain is gone. Like, gone. To the point where, <coughs> yeah, come on. To the point where my son yesterday is coming up and jumping on his back, and Marshall's flipping him over his shoulders and throwing him on the floor. It's great. Um, but, but it's like, that is Jesus. That is God. That is the strength he gives us, not only physically that he will bring healing, but that is the kind of strength that he can give us in our inner being when we need it by the Holy Spirit. So just to piggyback off of that, he gives gifts, right? Gifts of the Holy Spirit. It says this in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, but the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. He gives gifts. I love it. We were, even yesterday we were talking about, um, you know, there's, there's pretty prevalent in the church is this idea of cessationism, that the gifts have ceased, right? It's like, well, when the last apostle died, the gifts went away. Or actually when the Bible was written, um, we didn't need gifts anymore, so the gifts went away, which is kind of crazy to me because the Bible, the, the, the canon of Scripture was compiled in like 400 A.D. So that's like, so 400 years of gifts, and God's like, no more, sorry. No, that does not make any sense at all. And actually, if you read, sorry, I'm kind of nerdy. If you read, um, this, there's a church historian called Eusebius, and they actually consider it like Acts Part 2. Because actually you read through this and you read, you, it carries on from Acts and then the church um, from that point And it actually talks about how the supernatural and gifts continued. So there you go. It's history. Um, but he gives gifts. I want to encourage you. If you need something from the Holy Spirit this morning, don't leave without it. Because the thing is, gifts are not earned. Gifts are given. Right? I don't, need to, I don't need to earn my healing. I don't need to earn something from God. I don't need to earn a gift from God. It's just given. Yeah. So I just encourage you to do that. If you need healing, like, it's like my back is a mess. Come up after. Receive healing. It's that simple. Where the heck am I? <laughs> there I am. Awesome. He intercedes for us. 
Check this out, Romans 8, 26, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Has anybody experienced that? You don't know what to pray? That's another gift of the Spirit is speaking in tongues. It's like, that's good. Oh, that's weird, whatever. But like when, when you don't know what to pray and you just begin to let the Spirit pray and you pray in the Spirit, you're praying things that you don't really understand in your mind, but He's praying for you and He prays perfectly. Right? So if you don't know what to pray, you just let Him pray through your tongues. And if you haven't, if you have not received that gift, if you need to receive the Holy Spirit after, come up for that too. We're gonna, just going to be like coming up like, you whatever you need, yeah, baptize in the Spirit. Let's go. Come on. Are you guys awake? You guys weirded out? No? Okay, cool. That's awesome. Always. He comforts us. The Holy Spirit is called our comforter, and why would we need a comforter? Because we get in uncomfortable situations. Like Vanessa was talking about, if the Holy Spirit is, you're out on the street or whatever, and he's like, you got that little Paul, and you pray for that person. You're like, I can't pray for that person. No way. Are you crazy? But he's like, come on, pray for that person. I am uncomfortable, but the cool thing is when I'm uncomfortable and I'm like, can I pray for you? Guess who comes? The comforter, right? He can't help but show up. God, like we were talking about the other week, like, you know, Jesus' first miracle, he's like, it's not my time yet, but the father sees the faith of Mary and he's like, Go, do it, do it, do it, do it. Faith moves God, not because we're like he's some genie. It's like, if I have the faith, he's going to move. It's just he can't help it. It's like, you're believing for something from me. Like, you're going to take a risk. Oh, man, I, I'm going to show up, right? When, I'm in a, when I put myself in uncomfortable situations, I'm going to expect the comforter to show up and actually have really awesome testimonies. You want more cool testimonies in your life? Make yourself uncomfortable, right? Because the comforter will show up. Come on. It's good also because the Holy Spirit will comfort in pain and regret and sadness, heartbreak and fear when we need that comfort like, God, I just need you right now. That's when he comes to. Yeah. yeah. We're going to invite the, the worship team up now. Um, oh, that's me. That's you. Go into, <laughs> go into a, a time of worship. But, you know, something... <laughs> Every now and again, somebody will call me from, you know, somebody who's moved out of the state or something. They'll go, hey, do you know a good church in whatever, whatever? And so whenever I look up other churches for people, the first thing I do is I go to their beliefs and I look at what they read, what they say about the Holy Spirit. And if they say, you know, things like, oh, you know, the Holy Spirit is just a trini- part of the Trinity and, you know, it's comforter. And it's c- yes, that's great. But I want to see the, like, Holy Spirit is moving today. There's boldness, there are gifts, like that's what I want to see because I don't want us to limit God to being only just these small little guiding force in our lives. (coughs) I was joking about Acts 2 and, and the Holy Spirit coming like fire, but the reality is that is Holy Spirit too. He comforts, he guides, he protects, he advocates, he intercedes for us. He is patient and kind like like a mother, but he is also ferocious and bold and mighty and powerful and transforming. (coughs) I want to let you in on a little secret. There are a lot of things in this church that God has, you know, given us vision for, and I get super excited. Um, 
and, and I personally can see it all. The tent was one of those things that God has never actually given me a vision of it. He gave multiple other people visions of it. And I sat back and I went, <coughs> we are the church and I believe these people and I believe what they're seeing. God, is this you? And I felt him saying yes, but I couldn't see it myself and it actually scared a lot out of me. <laughs> Because I was like, man, if we actually, if we put a tent up and we say all of the visions have been related to people coming and being healed, people coming and being delivered, people coming under this tent. And I don't know what it is. Like, God, we have a building right here. Can we just do it here? And he's like, no, do a tent. And there's something in the word about extending, you know, t- taking their tent and extending our tent. And, and what is it about the tent pegs? Like moving our tent pegs and expanding our territory. And, and, and there's, there's things um, Todd actually shared last week under the tent about how <coughs> with Moses and Joshua, there was this tent of meeting. And I was reminded of the fact, and Todd said, you know, the people would watch as Moses went in. And then there came a time where actually the people could go in too. And it says, um, Moses' <coughs> servant Joshua would never leave. He would just stay there. He would just stay in that tent of meeting. But what I, I, I heard, a, um, I think it was Chris Valton, he spoke about how the people, whenever Moses would go to meet God in the tent, they would come to the front, because remember, they were wandering in the wilderness. So they all had their personal tent set up for their family. And it says they would go and they would stand at the entrance of their tents and they would watch Moses go into the tent of meeting. And they would see as the glory would come, the cloud would come down and, and, and God would meet with Moses face to face. But Chris pointed out, they were allowed to go in the tent too, but many of them just stood at their doorways in the safety and watched him go. And when we said yes to the tent, it was a huge, in my heart, is a huge risk. Like, God, we are saying that we are stepping out. There, there's people who think we're crazy. We are. It's all right. But I want to invite you, get in the tent with him. I, I mean that physically. I mean come to the tent. Like, it's going to be awesome. But I also mean that spiritually. I mean don't stand at the doorway and watch as other people go and encounter the living God. Walk there too. Go there too. Just like Joshua, he would stay in that place, and that's why he was the one worthy to walk into the promised land. Don't stand and watch as your parents or your family or your best friend go and have this encounter with God, and you sit back here going, well, that's kind of weird. Or that's not for me. Or he doesn't meet me like that. Get up off your chair. And go to his feet. And let him minister to you until just like Moses, it literally radiates off of your face. That as you walk into a room, people go, wow, there's something different about you. We are, I can't even like believe the people who are coming. We've got worship leaders that are on massive stages around the world leading worship, and they're going to be in our little tent. We've got um, people who have been 
healed of, of cancer, literally people have seen cancer fall off their bodies who are coming and sharing those testimonies. <coughs> We've got people who have been literally going around the world <laughs> watching revival happen. And for some reason, God <laughs> is using our church. <laughs> I want to beg you, get out of your tent and go to his. Get out of your tent, your own understanding, all the ways you've limited him, all the ways you've limited yourself. Believe him. He is still the God who came down on Pentecost and he turned the world upside down. He is still the Savior who went to the cross for us and then did not stay dead but defeated death and came out to resurrection life. He is still that God. And he is still moving. He's changing lives. He's breaking addiction. He's breaking depression. God, you are so good. You are too good. You're too good for us. God, we are so humbled at the dreams you've given us and the way you walk with us. And God, I just, we just want your presence. God, you give awesome gifts, you give awesome dreams. But without you, there are nothing. We want you. We want the healer. We want the savior. We want the friend. We want the king. I don't even know how, how you made it possible that we can even ask for that. But you did, and so we say yes to all of it. God, for every single one of us, meet us right now, God, in this place. Meet us in our pain and in our joy. Meet us as we take a risk and we say yes. If that's you today, I want you to just come forward. You can just kneel, stand, raise your hands, whatever you want to do. Come forward right now if you want to receive more of what he has for you. God, we say yes to you. If you need the boldness of the Holy Spirit, if you need to be filled with his presence right now, as we go into this time of worship, get up out of your tent. And respond to him, whatever he tells you to do. It's go pray for somebody else. If it's come up here and receive prayer, whatever it is.